Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. It is Wednesday, August 24th. This is your host, Eric Steven. Uh, Max Muncy, going to be around for a little while longer. Uh, the Dodgers on Monday uh, signed the infielder, uh, first base, third base, second base, kind of does it all, uh, to a one-year deal for 2023 plus a club option for 2024. Um, I, surprise isn't the right word. Maybe the timing of it is, but like, uh, Muncy was in the final year of a three-year contract uh, signed before 2020 that bought out all of his salary arbitration years. Uh, the Dodgers held a club option for next year at $13.5 million, and that's the total amount guaranteed uh, with the new contract. So, I mean, in essence, they picked up the option but also added another option at the back of it. Um, 2024, the club option is $10 million. There's no buyout. He had a $1.5 million buyout uh, next year uh, had the Dodgers declined uh, that option, but that's uh, that's gone away now because he has a new deal. Uh, his option salary for 2024 can increase by as much as $4 million uh, based on plate appearances next year um, in, in 2023, So and they're pretty reasonable too. I think 550 is the max, but... Uh, yeah, so, you know, it should be like a pretty reasonable option then as well. Uh, it's been a real, uh, trying year, I would say for Muncie in 2022. It all started obviously the last day of the regular season last year when play at first base, um, Muncie got his, his, uh, his glove hand, his, his left arm sort of in the middle of a close play at first base. Jace Peterson ran through. And then uh, dis- basically dislocated Muncy's elbow. He to- he tore his UCL, uh, missed the entire postseason, and then had a real tough time recovering. And then his swing, uh, he found out, was a little messed up, although it took him a little bit to discover wh- how and why to fix it. But uh, through July 31st, through all the struggles, he was hitting uh, 161, 310, 303. That's a, uh, it was an 84. Four, or I can't remember if it was 82 or 84 uh, WRC+. Plus. Uh, but despite how badly he struggled, Muncy continued to play every day. Um, the Through July, he was active for 88 games. The only time he wasn't was a, a short stint on the injured list with, uh, again, elbow discomfort. He aggravated it on a play in Washington, D.C. Um, he started 78 of those 88 games. So, like, even how... Like, poorly he was hitting. They're like, nope, he's going to turn it around. We're going to keep playing him. Also, it had to do with options. Like, uh, depending on who was healthy at the time, it's not like the Dodgers had... I mean, I guess they could have, like, called up Miguel Vargas or something, but even that was probably a stretch given the timing. But, um, yeah, like, so they they showed faith in Muncie. Um, this was similar to 2020 when he, he broke his finger at the end of summer camp in July basically took most of the regular season to recover. He hit under 200. He was still above average, like, um, offensively. Uh, but, you know, but by the old school, it, it, it always sucks when you have a, your batting average starts with a one. It's it's hard to get people on board at that, regardless of how actually effective you are. But um, And then that faith was rewarded in 2020 in the postseason. Muncie batted cleanup every game. He drove in 14 runs in 18 games. Hit 250, 438, 467. He was right up there with Barry Bonds for 
most walks in a single postseason, uh, but also was was hammering the ball too. The faith was rewarded this year too. Uh, in August, uh, he has seven home runs after compared to nine for the first four months of the year. His OPS this month is over 1,100. Uh, through July, uh, Monkey Monkey uh, Muncy uh, swung at pitches outside the strike zone, 21 percent, and his contract rate on pitches in the zone was down to 83 percent. Now keep in mind, like the last two years, he was he 19 percent outside of the zone, and then 85 percent contact within the zone. So he's generally in very much in command of the strike zone. Rarely swings at balls. And hammers pitches he should hammer. He just wasn't hammering the pitches he should hammer until this month. So this month he's down to a just below twenty percent uh, outside swing uh, rate and eighty-seven percent contact in the zone. And like I said, when he when he hits him, he's been hammering it. I was concerned about um, his power. It's not the same uh, as you know Bellinger's shoulder, Cody Bellinger's shoulder last year, but it's similar in that it, it just takes a while to get your uh, your swing back, your power back, and um, Muncy uh, through July, his uh, isolated power, which is just slugging minus uh, batting average, uh, was 142. He was well over 200 like during his time with the Dodgers before that. Um, in August, his, his ISO is over 400. Now, obviously, that's not going to continue, but like he's still hammering the ball, and so he's hitting the ball hard. He's pulling more balls. It's all signs of good health. He did, uh, Muncie talked about his recent swing change the last week or so. Um, more of his approach, it, it, he sort of figured out what was wrong with his swing, and it involved him um, shuffling a little bit in the batter's box, and he sort of takes a step back to keep him grounded, and that's helped him take off. Um, I will link in the show notes to recent pieces on this swing change by uh, Fabian Ardaya at The Athletic and Rowan Kavner at Fox Sports. And let's talk a little bit more about Muncy's contract extension uh, after the break. So given how Muncy was used, like even when he was struggling, uh, playing nearly every day, um, it was pretty obvious that the Dodgers were going to pick up his option uh, for next year. Um, you know, part of it is Muncy's flexibility. He's sort of the, the infield-only version of Chris Taylor and Gavin Lux. Both of those guys go between the infield and outfield. Taylor more so than Lux in that he, he can play six positions. Lux is basically second base left field. But um, that's still valuable. Um, but with Muncie, he's first base, second base, third base. And it's one of the, that versatility has been one of the keys to the Dodgers' success, even dating back to, like, um, Kike Hernandez. And, and um, you know, uh, for the last several years. That's why they, one of the reasons they've been so good. So Muncie last year, for instance, was the Dodgers' primary first baseman. He also played second a lot. But this year, he's only played four innings there. That's because Freddie Freeman signed a six-year deal and plays every single day. Uh, he started, Freeman has started every game so far this year, and he's played all but 29 innings. So they, they basically, his rest has, same with Trey Turner, uh, they've involved um, basically only uh, leaving blowouts early and getting off their feet a little bit for a few innings at a time. But yeah, um, the Dodgers were that the Dodgers were able to sort of pounce on Freeman when he had his shocking uh, split with Atlanta. Everyone seemed like he, everyone thought he was going to resign there. Uh, but the the Dodgers pounced because they knew they can move Muncie around, and, and Freeman was a premium bat, and we've sort of seen that play out this year. Um, and and the fact that they can move Muncie to like second and third. Uh, he started 56 games at third base this year, 23 at second. Now, d defensive stats are 
uh, hard to parse, but he's rated above average defensively by both defensive run saved and total zone rating at both positions. He's below average by outs above average and UZR. Um, the point is, though, like just generally, he's not going to kill you at those positions. And if you could play his bat there, you know, um, that's valuable in, in a science. So looking back at this, like why, why did Muncie sign now, right? Like for one thing, the ball wasn't really in his court. It was a club option for next year. So this gets him the security of guaranteeing that option. Uh, plus the potential for between 10 and 14 million more in 2024. So uh, I think part of it is there's some loyalty involved. We'll, we'll get to this in a second. But the Dodgers in 2017 um, took a chance on Muncie, who was released by the A's. Um, they signed him to a minor league deal um, in April 2018. They called him up to the majors, and he's basically hit ever since. Um, he's actually 11th in the majors in home runs since the start of the 2018 season. Uh, he leads all Dodgers in war uh, during that time, including pitchers, uh, both baseball reference and Fangraphs versions. Um, this is what Muncie had to say about returning and, and why he signed the deal uh, on Monday uh, before the game uh, per Sportsnet LA. The support I've had from the front office and the coaches this year has been uh, its really helped me through everything I've gone through. And so, um, you know, just to be able to come back and, and know I'm going to have another chance to win, it kind of means everything to me and my family. And, um, you know, with where I was before coming to LA, uh, th- this place has really turned into—it's really turned into our family. So it's it's nice to be able to stay here for uh, at least another year, but hopefully more. It's also easy to see um, why the, why the Dodgers would do it too. Like even at a reduced capacity, like Muncie this year has been like a two-war player. I was just looking at the Baseball Reference version there. That's with all of his struggles. Plus, there's you know about 40 games left in the season. Uh, he's been worth. Uh, I think more than the uh, $27.5 million over two years, which is what his deal would max out at if he hits all the incentives and the, and the option is picked up. And if he's healthy and hitting anywhere close to like he is in August, it becomes a steal, even with Muncie heading into his age 32 and 33 seasons. But this also wasn't necessarily the Dodgers pouncing while Muncie was on fire. Like, they were going to pick up the option anyway, right? So this just, it, it's, it probably helps build a little goodwill, uh, they also get the option of an extra year. So, again, it's not guaranteed for 2024. And if things go south, uh, they can bail pretty easily. But if things, if he does well, then they have a pretty reasonably priced uh, excellent hitter. Uh, they can add again for 2024. Uh, so that's that's sort of what they're looking at there. But also this contract was uh, nearly done in July when Muncie was still struggling um, Andrew Friedman uh, told reporters Monday, this is from Jack Harris at the LA Times, it's been done for a little bit, I believe the other uh, beat reporters uh, noted that too, Fabian Ardaya had a piece, had a little bit of that in his piece as well. What I find most interesting about the Muncie deal is the timing, right? Like, um, they've gotten, the Dodgers this year have signed uh, three deals in season uh, for 2023 and potentially both uh, for 2024. Uh, for uh, all three for 2024, uh, which is a rarity over the last like decade. They they don't really do these like in-season future deals <laughs> type of a thing. It's weird. Um, but they, they signed Blake Trinan on May 22nd. His situation, I think, most closely resembles Muncie's in that uh, he was working his way back from injury. He was on the injury list at the time. Muncie was obviously healthy at the time when he signed his deal. But uh, Trinan's been out since April with shoulder inflammation. 
it uh, his 2023 deal guarantees the amount that his club option was, which is what the Dodgers did with Trinan. Uh, they're paying him $8 million next year, which was the amount of his option. There's also a club option in 2024, too, although I haven't seen the, the details on this. It's been reported that uh, Trinan's option is a conditional club option, depending on how much time he misses this year. But considering that he still hasn't pitched yet, I know we talked about earlier in the week that um, uh, I believe uh, Trinan is due back on September 2nd, I believe is the plan, uh, the, the, when the Dodgers return home. After rosters expand, he's still sort of building up arm strength in Oklahoma City. But considering he missed, uh, will have missed four and a half months, uh, perhaps that conditional option exists. We'll, we'll know, I'm sure, more later. But Austin Barnes was the other one. He was a pending free agent. Uh, he signed a two-year $7 million deal on July 3rd. And it's just one of these things like pretty much guys they knew they sort of wanted around and, and just took care of it now instead of in the offseason and uh, leaving it up to uh, the open market, as it were. Um, but like going into this offseason, the big fish obviously is, is remains Trey Turner. He's going to command a mega deal as a free agent. You're going to also have the what potentially could be an annual sort of dance uh, with uh, Clayton Kershaw. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers make it clear they want to keep him, and then Kershaw is sort of deciding what he wants to do, if he wants to uh, stay home uh, with his kids. I mean, I don't, I can't speak for Kershaw. I, I would imagine he still wants to pitch. Now, he's not going to go anywhere to play for a loser, right? Like a, a one who doesn't have a chance to win. I would, I would guess, considering he was considering the Rangers last year, but ultimately decided with the Dodgers because they were closer to winning and he was right. I don't think what's happened in the last uh, few weeks, the upheaval with the Rangers, like John Daniels is out as president of baseball operations, Chris Woodward is out as manager. The owner, after uh, letting Daniels go, he was the second of the two fired, uh, suggested they, they weren't going to spend as much. This offseason, they signed Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, and John Gray this winter, and they're still not very good. They're better, but not, you know, they. I don't know what they thought, if they thought they were going to actually contend. I think that makes it less likely that Kershaw would sign with the Rangers since he wants to win. Like, uh, they're not going to be, they're not going to win in 2024. Like, you know, reasonably enough to, to Kershaw's standards, I think. So you have to consider that. But again, that's, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this in the offseason. But the one that's interesting to me, too, is Justin Turner. He has a club option for 2023. It's worth $16 million. Uh, I would bet that gets declined. There's a $2 million buyout in there. But I wonder, like, uh, maybe the Dodgers can work out another in-season deal with him. He's sort of the next in line on the, let's guarantee the option or, or something close. Like I said, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to get $16 million, uh, heading into his age 38 season. Um, but, like, you know, maybe they work out a deal ahead of time with Turner. Who knows? Um, we'll wait and see, though, if any more in-season deals get done uh, this year by the Dodgers. If they do, obviously we'll have more to talk about uh, on a future True Blue LA podcast, either leading off uh, with me or uh, the lineup with both me and Jacob Birch. But uh, that's been our leading off for today. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and happy baseball. <laughs>